Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know... This Jeffrey Epstein, you know he was a big-time Democrat, right? And he was a big donor to Democrats, right? Schumer, Clinton, Kerry. And he maxed out, usually. Clinton's got tens of thousands of dollars in contributions from him. Kerry got uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. Schumer got over $20,000, give or take. It's like this uh, Weinstein guy. This Hollywood Me Too stuff. Another Democrat scandal. It's funny how the media refused to report these facts. Isn't it? And you thought the Democrat Party was for the women. Out there, women in the suburbs, please take note. Sir Jeffrey Epstein, now deceased... A big-time Democrat, big-time Democrat donor, a lib. As was Weinstein, lib. Big Democrat donor, so forth and so on. So these are Democrat scandals. And Weinstein's accused of all kinds of uh, sexual assault and so forth. Those are the allegations. And of course, Epstein was accused of sex trafficking and was, in fact, found guilty of sex trafficking. But something very weird happened on the way, and that is the case that was handled by Alex Acosta. I'm not a big fan of that guy. You've never heard me invite him on the program. You've never heard me promote him. But that said, whatever happened in Florida was an outrage. And I'll talk about my Fox Sunday show in a little while, but... So Epstein, a Democrat, a Democrat donor. Weinstein, a Democrat, Democrat donor. And yet they dragged Trump into this stuff. It's amazing. Trump tweeted, you know. Everybody's taking this tweet very, very seriously. You know, it would have helped if he hadn't tweeted. And, uh, you know, the tweet itself. is a, You don't have to defend the tweet. I suspect I know exactly what Trump was doing. He was mocking the Clintons. Mocking them. Because he rightly despises them, as do many of us. And the media jump right in. So here we have the Epstein apparent suicide. All this horrific stuff that took place with little girls. All his connections, true or not, you hear it brought up in court, not by me, which is former Democrat governor of New Mexico, former Democrat majority leader, 
former Democrat this, Democrat that, Bill Clinton on the plane all the time. And for the media, it's about Trump and his tweet. All day long. In fact, we need the 25th Amendment again. Because anybody who tweets like that, obviously, is not fit to be president of the United States, you know. And the media wonder why we have conspiracy theories. And the media wonder why we don't trust them. Well, why would you trust them? Now, I don't know what the hell took place in this jail. But it is absolutely outrageous what took place. And people have a right to ask questions, and there better be investigations, and I think under Barr there will be. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'd like the facts. The media think they have all the facts. Well, no report's been released yet, right? By the medical examiner. Best I know, best I know, uh, Jake Tapper's not a medical examiner. (laughs) Excuse me. And Jake Tapper spent the day, today or yesterday it was, Trashing the president of the United States. Because that's all he does. These are like individuals who can't help themselves. They're like heroin addicts, but on Trump. So we've heard about Trump all day. And who gives a damn what this clown Mooch has to say? Guy's always been a clown. Oh, the Mooch. The Mooch. Mooch is a good word for that guy. Is he a star now all of a sudden? No. He hates Trump, turned on Trump, just like Scarborough, just like Amarello, just like Amarello, whatever the hell her name is. They turn on Trump, they become stars. Now, conspiracies, we're warned off of conspiracies. That's a good idea. We've been warning the media and the left and the Democrats off this Russia collusion with the Trump campaign conspiracy for three years. But they're still stuck on it. So they have no problem with conspiracies, as long as they're their conspiracies. Then we get to Trump obstruction. There is no obstruction. Well, they can't stop. Oh, there must be obstruction. Then we look at the Brett Kavanaugh situation. Press had no problem tearing this guy limb to limb without one scintilla of proof. One scintilla of proof. You know, he was a gang rapist. In fact, he led the gang raping every single weekend for 10 weeks in a row. Did you know that? That's your media. That's your media. And then we get the, oh, systemic racism. We're all looking around. What the hell are they talking about? If it's systemic, I assume it's entered into our lives. No, 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 not quite. That's another. And uh, Trump is a white supremacist and a racist. People are shot down in cold blood outside and inside a Walmart in El Paso. People are shot down in cold blood outside and inside a popular night uh, club or bar in Dayton. And that's turned into Trump for an entire week. Trump's a racist. Trump's a racist. And the, the you know, very, very... Intriguing questions by the media to liberal Democrats running for president. Do you think Trump's a racist? Do you think Trump's a white supremacist? Do you think his supporters are? That's about the level of the questions. And so we get that going on. Charlottesville. They keep bringing up Charlottesville. They keep lying about Charlottesville. Look. 
We know how to read with comprehension here. We know how to listen with comprehension here. He denounced the neo-Nazis. He denounced the Klansmen. He made abundantly clear what he was talking about, but they keep putting words in his mouth. They keep putting words in his mouth. And then, did you know it's the fifth anniversary or some such thing of the, of the killing of Michael Brown? Who three Democrat presidential candidates say was effectively murdered by a cop. Any pushback from the media? Nothing. Nothing. Michael Brown was a thug. He stole from a, from a sales clerk who was, happened to own a small store. He grabbed the guy, threatened him, assaulted him. Walked out. Was confronted by a police officer. Charged the police officer. Tried to get the police officer's gun through the window of the car. And in self-defense, while he was assaulting the police officer, the police officer shot him. A grand jury refused to indict. The holder, Obama, Department of Justice, refused to charge. And three Democrat presidential candidates in the last 24 hours have said that Michael Brown was effectively murdered by this cop. And they want to be your president. They want to be your president. And so now we're focused on Donald Trump's tweet, which obviously was mocking the Clintons, in my view. Nobody's really asked him now, have they? But let's change the subject, you see. Let's change the subject from Epstein, the Democrat, the longtime Democrat donor, a sickening sex trafficker with little girls. And how many stories has CNN done on sex trafficking in this country? How many stories has MSNBC done on sex trafficking in this country? I did one last night for a full hour. On Fox, they are so obsessed with Trump and taking Trump out and sleazing all of you folks that they don't do the news anymore. Approximately 300,000 little girls and some little boys. This is the new slavery. They want to keep talking about slavery that doesn't exist anymore. And systemic racism. This is the new slavery. Grabbing little kids. Young teenagers. In a slave trade. In a sex trafficking trade. They don't even talk about it at the Democrat debates. They want to talk about reparations. They want to talk about what happened 150, 180 years ago. It doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit their narrative. And ICE and the Border Patrol, poor ICE and Border Patrol, you're separating those children from their parents. How does Kamala Harris know that that's their parents? How does Cory Booker know that that's their parents? Little girls coming up with rape kits? Where are the media? Where's CNN? They're not down on the border. And MSNBC, they're not down on the border. 
New York Times goes on an airplane so it could trash once again ICE. The Holocaust denying New York Times. Then they wonder why we don't trust the media. Then they wonder why there's conspiracy theorists out there. The worst conspiracy theorists in America are journalists and anchormen and the pathetic guests that they have on their programs. And we see it day in and day out with the attacks on this country, the attacks on the founders of this country, the attacks on the Declaration and the Constitution, the attacks on the President of the United States, the attacks on our institutions and our customs, day in and day out. They lie to us. They're corrupt. Jeffrey Epstein was a Democrat, a Democrat donor, and they happily took his money, even though many of them knew he was a sleazeball. They took it anyway, because he hadn't gotten caught yet. They knew this guy Weinstein was a sleazeball, and they took his money too, and they were more than happy to go to the Oscars with him and to be seen with him. Another Democrat. But it's Trump, you see. And now, you see, the Democrats control the narrative. In El Paso, in Dayton, Trump's fault. He's a racist. Because he stands up to the open borders lobby. Because he stands up to the big city mayors. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to tell the truth. Certainly not allowed to do anything about it. And now we're going to be talking about red flags. They have these fancy names. Red flags. Oh, I'm for that. What is it? Expanded background checks. You know, 97% of the American people support it. Wow, I'm for that. What's that mean? I don't know. Does anyone know? Well, you know, the gun show loophole. Oh, 0.05% of guns are purchased that way, and none of them have ever been used in a mass murder. Oh, wait a minute. Doesn't matter. It's hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. The same media and politicians who are dragging this country into the gutter day in and day out, pushing their damn bleak, dark agenda day in and day out. They have the answers, ladies and gentlemen. It's you. You're the problem. You Trump supporters with your damn guns. You're the problem. You white supremacists. You're the problem. You must be a racist if you don't vote for one of their candidates and still support Trump. That's on you. You must be a neo-Nazi. This reminds them of the Third Reich. And we know he's Hitler. Why? Because seven times, seven times reported by PJ Media, Tyler O'Neill, MSNBC hosts have compared Donald Trump to Hitler. In July alone, last month alone, Donnie Douche, Joe Scarborough, Donnie Douche on July 17, Scarbo July 18, Donnie Douche again July 19, Joe Scarbo July 23, Joe Scarbo July 24, Donnie Douche again July 27, Donnie Douche twice on July 27, and they've done it dozens and dozens of times. Do they even know who Adolf Hitler is? Do they have any idea what Adolf Hitler did? Doesn't matter. They're dealing in conspiracies, you see. And then they wonder why. Why don't they tone it down out there? Why is this nation so divided? 
until MSNBC brushes all its hosts and bring in some real news people, until CNN brushes all its hosts and brings in real news people, this is where we are. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Why isn't Chuck Schumer being pressed by the media today? He took over $20,000 from Epstein. Why is uh, Trump in the media? Oh, you know, he tweeted, I don't give a damn. Why isn't Kerry being pressed by the media? He took a small fortune. Why not? How about uh, Bill Richardson? He got $50,000 for his gubernatorial race. A few years back, 2006. Where's he tonight? How about all these men who are mentioned and various documents. Where's George Mitchell tonight? When he was the Democrat leader in the Senate. Vile, nasty guy. I'm not saying they're guilty, but how is it that they, they avoid all scrutiny? By CNN and MSNBC. By the New York Times and the Washington Post. By NBC, ABC, and CBS. They avoid all scrutiny. Give a damn about Trump's tweet. As I said, I'm sure it was tongue-in-cheek. It doesn't matter. These people receive money. These people are named in some cases. And the media is busy chasing Trump. And then they wonder why we cannot stand them. Because they're corrupt. Because they're intellectually intellectually dishonest. Because they're Democrats. I'll be right back. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission— to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, 
It remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. Well, uh, I'm going to go to 11. Heads up there, Mr. Producer. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I want to show you how this works. Jake Tapper should not be reporting on Donald Trump because Jake Tapper hates Donald Trump. If you're going to try to be an objective journalist, you should not be covering somebody who you despise to your core for a number of reasons. Ideologically, Jake Tapper's a leftist. He's demonstrated that time and again, even though some fools and out there are, are uh, convinced otherwise, he's fairly consistent. And I want you to wa- listen to the way he asks Cory Booker a question. Now, keep in mind, it's about Epstein's apparent suicide. But Jake Tapper wants you to believe it's about Trump. And he goes to one of the most unhinged individuals running for president of the United States, Cory Booker. Who has said more and more things, more and more desperately, as I pointed out on my social media earlier this morning. To try and draw attention to himself, because he simply is not resonating, even with the kook base of the Democrat Party. But listen in particular to Jake Tapper, because it has been my position since I've written Unfreedom of the Press and two months before. Over the last half year, that it is the press that leads the Democrat Party, not the other way around. And those of you who have been reading my book, you, you understand that. And their backbenches, of course, and radio have picked up on that. And that's good. Cut 11, go. I, I want to get your reaction to the president retweeting this deranged conspiracy theory. Obviously, no evidence, falsely link, linking Jeffrey Epstein's death by apparent suicide to an alleged murder by the president's political opponents. What's your reaction? Now, stop right there. So that's not a question. That's number one. Number two, he mischaracterizes what the president did. The president's mocking these people. He knows how to play the media. But the media are looking for an opportunity to take out the president. Yet again, there's a mass shooting. It's Trump. Now let's listen to Cory Booker. Let's see if he plays along well. And it's hard to tell who's running for president on the Democrat side and who's the so-called journalist, right? Go ahead. 
you know, this is just more recklessness. What he's doing mm-hmm. is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's giving life to not just conspiracy theories, but really whipping people up uh, into anger and worse. You're whipped up into anger or anything else, you moron. You're the one who tries to whip people up into anger. You listen to yourself lately? You're a buffoon. And the media are trying to whip people up in anger. Systemic racism. Reparations. We've never gotten over slavery. White privilege. White supremacy. What the hell do you think that is? Go ahead. Against uh, different people in this country. And so this is a tired way that the president does. He's been using the Clintons as uh, a means uh, for a lot of his false accusations. But remember, this is a nation now where we've seen uh, just horrific acts, whether it's someone walking into a pizza shop based upon these kind of conspiracy theories. What do you mean uh, somebody walking into a pizza shop based on these kinds of conspiracy theories? What, what does that mean exactly? I don't even know what that means. That story about that, that kid in the pizza shop or something? Really? Is that something that conservatives have really been embracing over a long period of time? No, I don't think so. Go ahead. Action. We see people's lives being threatened because this president whips up. No, uh, people's hate. lives are threatened because there's nut jobs out there, you moron. And almost anybody now in the public square of any note has their lives threatened. Every major talk show host, as a matter of fact, the president of the United States, as a matter of fact, he must be talking about the bigoted anti-Semites. You're not allowed to call them bigoted anti-Semites, Omar, Talib, and AOC, because they're women of color, you see. So you're not allowed to do that. And if you do do that, you're obviously both a racist and whipping people up who want to kill people. This is how they shut you down. They, they're not for free speech. They're not for freedom of the press. It's their way or the highway. Go ahead. Um, this is a, a very dangerous president that we have right now. Uh, so it's to- a dangerous president now. And, of course, at no time does Jake Tapper interfere. He allows this filibuster to go on because this is what he wants. He chose the guest who's not writing at all chose the topic, he asked the question the way he asked the question and off goes Cory Booker go ahead against each other and really using the same tactics and the same language really, really, I guess we haven't heard you do that have we Booker you don't turn people against each other based on race, based on income cop versus felon no, 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 you don't do that do you Cory Booker that's the game plan of the left always Go ahead. Premises, uh, uh, but also using the same tactics and languages of the Russians. If you look at. So he's using the tactics and language of the Russians. And he said earlier, not just of white supremacists. So Trump is dangerous, using the language of the white supremacists and the Russians. And you see, he's the divisive figure. Not Cory Booker, not Jake Tapper. Go ahead. It's about how they're coming at our democracy. All right. This is why you don't watch these Sunday shows. Wait until football's back. And they're not doing the knee crap anymore. At least they're not showing it. So more and more people are going to watch football. You know, in essence, that's what these uh, hosts and their guests do. They're taking a knee all the time against America. All the time. Jake Tapper doesn't know what his job is. Or he doesn't care. He's not a journalist. He's a hack. 
Then there's Joy Reid on MSLSD. What is she? I don't know. She reporter, a columnist, a, a commentator. What is she? A nut. And how is she still there? I don't know. Were there attacks on uh, on homosexuals? Were there attacks on Jews and everything? No, no, no. You don't understand. Uh, somebody tapped into my Twitter account, did it? Nobody tapped into your Twitter account, you idiot. Cut 10, go. So meanwhile, the investigation of Epstein's death now falls into the hands of William Barr. Donald Trump's consigliere and attorney general who refused to recuse himself on the Epstein case despite his association with a law firm once involved. What? 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 Recuse himself? In the Epstein case? First of all, the Southern District of New York is handling it. And doing a swell job there, boys, in the Southern District of New York. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't even keep your uh, target alive. That's right. The, the enormous, magnificent reputation in the Southern District of New York. Didn't even know what the hell's going on in the jail cell there. He's on suicide watch and he's off suicide watch. Why? There's no cameras in the cell. This is what we're hearing. Why? Well, we're overworked here, so we couldn't actually watch him. Why? Well, we're busy, you know. Trump, 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 Trump. Did I mention Trump? Go ahead. With Epstein, whose father once hired Jeffrey Epstein as what? a What? Now, this lunatic, a conspiracy theorist, apparently will remain at MSLSD which is a network filled with lunatics, as is CNN. There's not going to be any policing of these useless carbon footprints they call newsrooms. No. They won't police Joy Reid. They won't police Jake Tapper. They think they're on the cutting edge. These are great people. We're going to get us more viewers. We'll be trashing Trump. Oh, yeah, yeah. These people are brilliant. They know how to turn anything into anti-Trump or anti-Barr. Go ahead. With neither experience nor degree. And whose prime directive is to protect... Ah, shut up, you idiot. That's why you get no ratings. Even the kooks. They don't even want to watch it because they're afraid of being called kooks. Absolute nut job. Meanwhile, guy's a Democrat. He's a Democrat donor. I mean, it's incredible to me. But Trump, we got all there. So Trump, he tweeted. By the way, Scarborough tweeted too. Do you hear about this? He said it was the Russians. <laughs> In essence, he said the Russians knocked off Epstein. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've got an at least adequate hold on reality here. I mean, why would the Russians knock off Epstein? I don't know. So he's trashed all over Twitter, and he should have been trashed a long time ago. And by the way, he won't get the hook either. Joe and Mika, no, no, that's, that's like our marquee program. They get at least 12 viewers a day. And Mediate over there, Dan Abrams of ABC News, legal analyst, did I mention? He uses that gorilla glue on his uh, hairpiece. But anyway, that's beside the point. And they're constantly citing uh, Joe Scarborough. 
He's the Walter Cronkite of MSNBC, don't you know? And Mika Brzezinski is the Mika Brzezinski of MSNBC. But anyway, says the Russians did it. And I thought for sure that nut jobs tweet would pick up the support of like Jerry Nadler or Adam Schiff. Yeah, that's the ticket. It's Russia. Russia did it. Now link it back to Trump. Now we got a whole thing. Uh, connect the dots. That'll be impeachment number uh, item seven. Oh, yeah. We got this one. We're, we, we've got it figured out. So the media are nuts, and the media have gone nuts. They want you to think it's Trump, and you're, no, no, no. They have gone nuts. And they, I don't understand. You know, Trump is undermining uh, our institution and the American people, and it's very dangerous. No, 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 no. You burn down your own house. It's a freak show. Every time you turn on CNN, it's a freak show. You turn on MSNBC, it's a freak show. That's what it is. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Remember what I told you about this NYU journalism professor who is very, very well known as one of the pioneers of social activism journalism. His name is Jay Rosen. And he said this candidate Trump is so bad, among other things, quote, the media, they may need to collaborate across news brands in ways they have never known. They may have to call Trump out with a forcefulness unseen before. They may have to risk the breakdown of decorum in interviews and endure excruciating awkwardness. Hardest of all, they will have to explain to the public that Trump is a special cape and the normal rules do not apply. That is a quote from my book on page 29, quoting Professor Rosen, and now you know why Jake Tapper does what he does. And virtually all the other so-called journalists. They are collaborating across news brands. News people in the various cable channels all sound the same, don't they? Writers for the New York Times and the Washington Post all write the same way, don't they? Groupthink, PAC, journalism, they're collaborating across news brands. I don't mean they're sitting there sharing notes. They don't have to. They see what each are doing, and they have targeted this president. It doesn't matter the issue. And what 
some of the never-Trumpers or former never-Trumpers do is they blame the president. Well, I wish you hadn't tweeted like this. Well, in a real world, they would dismiss it as the joke that it was. Tongue-in-cheek. But that's not what they do in the media, do they? President's a white supremacist. He's a racist. You know, this president has hired more minorities in the private sector than MSNBC, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, the New York Times, and the Washington Post combined. Combined. Isn't that interesting? How many minorities has Cory Booker hired? Well, he's never really been in the private sector. Oh, I see. Elizabeth Warren, same. Oh, really? Bernie Sanders, well, not. Oh, okay. All talk, kids. All talk. I want you to go and read the first chapter for free of Unfreedom of the Press. Just the first chapter. You don't even have to buy the book. It's on Amazon.com. You click Unfreedom of the Press, Amazon.com. I had them post the first chapter. I want you to read the first chapter. You'll see. You'll see what's going on. Under the surface. Not like some of these TV and radio guys. Hey, you know what? No, no, no. I studied this. I dug into this. I want you to take a look at it. Because what's happening is the media are trying to bring down this president. It doesn't matter what the issue is. It does not matter. Well, he tweeted. They're sitting there waiting for his tweets to attack him. Well, he should show some uh, self-control. Why should he? If the media were reporting the news, they'd be chasing after Bill Clinton right now. Not because he killed anybody, but because he's been named numerous times and find out what the hell the guy did. And Richardson, and Mitchell, if anything. And Schumer took money from the guy. As did many, many other Democrats. Mostly. I'm sure there's a few Republicans thrown in there. But why aren't they chasing them down? Because they're not interested. That's not the narrative. Trump is a white supremacist. He's a racist. He, uh, he's a conspiracy theorist. He's mentally unhinged. This has been going on now year after year, the way they've treated this president. And you know, I talked about this the other day, and I've been thinking about this. And you may remember I even mentioned it. They have stolen two and a half years of this man's presidency. In his personal life. That's what they've done. There has been no peaceful transition of power. None. Lots more when I return. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until we know more about the Epstein case, I don't even want to talk about it. So it may come up again tomorrow, depending on what we know. Or I may have to raise it in conjunction of dealing with the media. Were you able during the break at least to go to Amazon.com and check out the first chapter there? I don't know if you're allowed to print it out or if you can print it out. We also have it on MarkLevinShow.com on my radio website. I can't really give out homework assignments. That sounds kind of weird. But I, I would strongly encourage you to read the first chapter. It's free. You can get it on Amazon or you can get it on my website, MarkLevinShow.com, on my book page, on the Unfreedom of the Press page. I really hope you'll read it. Because you have every reason not to believe the press. You have every reason to be angry at the press. They've undermined themselves. They were warned about this back in 1947. They were warned about this. But this new breed of so-called journalists doesn't give a damn. They know that they have jobs for life. They're protected by their executives. You have these large corporations that own these newsrooms, and they're going to protect them. Why? My theory is because they don't want to be attacked by the media. So what's the best way of not being attacked by the media? Owning some of it. That's the best way, at least in part, is it not? And that commission warned, and you'll remember I told you about this, in 1947. It's over 70 years ago. The modern press itself is a new phenomenon. Its typical unit is the great agency of mass communications. These agencies can facilitate thought and discussion. They can stifle it. They can advance the progress of civilization, or they can thwart it. They can debate and vulgarize mankind. They can endanger the peace of the world. They can do so accidentally, in a fit of absence of mind. They can play up or down the news and its significance foster and feed emotions, create complacent factions and blind spots, misuse of the great words, uphold empty slogans. Their scope and power are increasing every day as new instruments become available to them. And these instruments can spread lies faster and farther than our forefathers dreamed when they enshrined the freedom of the press and the First Amendment to our Constitution. And then this commission about the news. They cautioned. That with the means of self-destruction that are now at their disposal, men must live, if they are to live at all, by self-restraint, moderation, and mutual understanding. They get their picture of one another through the press. You know, white supremacists, racists. Through the press. The press can be inflammatory, sensational, and irresponsible. And if it is... It and its freedom will go down in a universal catastrophe. On the other hand, the press can do its duty by the new world that is struggling to be born. It can help create a world community by giving men everywhere knowledge of the world and of one another. By promoting comprehension and appreciation of the goals of a free society that shall embrace all men. And so I ask in the book, is this how the modern media conduct themselves? self-restrained, measured, and temperate? Are the media providing knowledge and insight useful to the public in a free society? Or are they obsessed with their own personal, political, and progressive predilections and peaks? 
Have the media earned the respect and esteem of their readers, viewers, and listeners as fair and reliable purveyors of information? Or are large numbers of the citizenry suspicious and distrustful of their reporting? Are the media on a trajectory of self-destruction? Unofficially unofficially identifying with one political party, the Democratic Party, over the other, the Republican Party? The fact is, newsrooms and journalists, for the most part, have done a very poor job of upholding the tenets of their profession, and ultimately have done severe damage to press freedom. Many millions of Americans do not respect them or trust them as credible, fair-minded, and unbiased sources of news. You can read it yourself. That's from the first chapter. You can get it at Amazon.com. It's sitting right there. Or MarkLevinShow.com. I want to strongly encourage you at least read the first chapter. And share it with others. Because that's what you're seeing. A republic cannot survive long, ladies and gentlemen, without an honest media that has integrity, that seeks objective truth. is isn't perfect, but seeks objective truth. This day in and day out stuff. Epstein attacked Trump. El Paso attacked Trump. Dayton attacked Trump. On and on and on. Attacked Trump. And because there is no diversity of thought or opinion in most newsrooms, that's their bubble. That's their bubble. It's like being at a democratic socialist event. So what exactly are we learning? What exactly are they promoting? We're not learning anything. When Jake Tapper conducts himself the way he does, and he's just one of many, one of many, and this so-called newer breed of social activism journalism, they are destroying what others have built before them. They're destroying it. And they're dragging the Democrat Party with them. Now, Joe Biden is a mental midget. Let's just be honest. And I don't even have to prove it to you. He's been around half a century, and he's been a mental midget for every one of those years. And I I will get into some of these sound bites because they're just too delectable. But that said, over at the Washington Compost, they're already defending him. Paul Waldman, an opinion writer. Regular plumb line readers will know that I am hardly Joe Biden's biggest fan. First of all, who cares? Who the hell is this guy? But reporters' coverage of his gaffes, quote-unquote he has, is getting out of control. So in other words, his gaffes aren't out of control. Reporting about them are out of control. It's both unfair to him and a disservice to the American voters who are trying to figure out who their next president should be. And when the President of the United States is the most prolific liar in American political history... Oh, I see. I see. Joe Biden has gaffes, and Donald Trump has lies, you see? And is waging a re-election campaign based on racism and fear. No, it's not. You guys are waging a campaign of racism and fear against the Republican eventual nominee. The idea that gaps are an important campaign issue is particularly offensive. So here's a clown, of course, writing at the Washington Compost. And what he's saying is, look, it's just too damn important to beat Trump. It's just too damn important. Stop picking on my man, Joe Biden. Well, maybe I support somebody else, but leave Joe Biden alone. 
I thought this was a republic. This guy writes for the Washington Compost. Because Biden has said a few unfortunate things lately. Asserting that poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Now what would they say if Trump said that? Meaning all poor kids, you know, are minorities. What would they say if Trump said that? Oh, see that? Damn it, there's a pattern, this guy. Cory Booker, what do you think? And Democrats choose truth over facts. Or mangling his closing statement in the most recent debate. We've reached a kind of critical mass where news media are covering not just individual Biden gaffes, but also gaffes as a whole character issue. So cut it out. Just because he's a mental midget doesn't mean you should point out that he's a mental midget. We need censorship. This is the perfect time for it. Quote, Biden mangles his words and undercuts his message, unquote, says Politico. Wow, what a harsh criticism. Other phrases, other, uh, others phrase it in the form of a question. Do Biden's gas make him unelectable, asks the Hill? It's not called a racist. No, no, not Joe. Joe's a, Joe's a progressive. He, he can't be a racist. Now, wait a minute. Progressives historically have always been racists. From Sanger at the, you know, Planned Parenthood and Woodrow Wilson. No, 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 you don't understand. This guy at the compost goes on. All gaff coverage is questionable. But in Biden's case, it's particularly bad. He gives like two or three examples. But in Biden's case, it's particularly bad. And not only because so many of Biden's gaffes are mere slips of the tongue. When Mitt Romney was caught on tape in 2012 saying 47% of Americans were dependent on government and I'll never convince them that they should take personal responsibility and care for their lives, you could say he was... See? This guy's very thoughtful and objective. Very. You could say he was offering some insight about the decisions he'd make as president. Of course. Romney's gaffes provide insight. Pointing out Biden's gas. Well, that's unfair because we need to beat Trump. Now, what is the latest Biden gaffe supposed to tell us about what sort of president he'd make? Nothing. Yes, it does. That he's a boob. We don't want any boobs. Well, let me rephrase that. That he's a nitwit, and we don't want any nitwits in the Oval Office. But now that this frame around Biden's candidacy is in place, even the most inconsequential of mistakes, like saying he met with Parkland students when he was vice president. Now, hold on a second, folks. That's not a gaffe. That's a flat-out lie. Or there's truly something wrong between his ears. And I mean that in all seriousness. He did meet with them, but it was after he left office. Okay, so he wasn't vice president. I would challenge anyone to try and explain how the number of gaffes a candidate utters actually tells us something meaningful about his or her prospective presidency. Huh? Let me help you out, pal, because you're quite the moron, even though you're writing for the Washington Compost, which I guess underscores the point. Who's this guy? Paul Waldman. Let me help you out. If you have gaff after gaff after gaff, the, uh, the tissues aren't working right. Above the neck. Something's not right. What if you have gaff after gaff after gaff and you're dealing with China or the nuclear issue or anything of the sort? Isn't that what you'd say about Trump? No, no, no. Trumps are not gaffes. They tell us about his character. 
And let me tell you something else, pal. You can go all the way back to the time when he plagiarized, when he lied about his grades in law school. But don't, don't, don't remind anybody. The argument that some number of gas suggests cognitive problems that could affect Biden's performance doesn't hold water. Oh, there are legitimate questions about whether someone Biden's age will be 78 at the start of the next presidential term can handle the rigors of the presidency. He can't even handle the rigors of completing a sentence. With all due respect, I've seen 78-year-old men and women who are sharp as hell. He's not one of them. But Biden made these kinds of embarrassing statements in his 60s, in his 50s, in his 40s. Yes, I pointed that out. It's not a product of age. No, it's a product of Biden. Besides, he writes, we make demands of politicians that no ordinary person would be able to satisfy. That's the point, idiot. I can promise you that if I hired a team of people to follow you around for a week, let alone a year, recording every word that you came out of your mouth, there'd be some things you don't, you'd want to take back. Yes. And that happens to a lot of politicians. But nobody has as many quote-unquote gaps as Joe. And it goes on. By the way, Blago may in fact, former governor of Illinois, get a pardon from the president of the United States for which he will can be attacked. Let me just say this. When Bill Clinton gave a pardon to the FALN, Puerto Rican terrorists, that was unconscionable. When Bill Clinton gave a pardon to Mark Rich simply because his wife contributed massive amounts of money to his campaigns, Mark Rich, a billionaire who skipped the countries to avoid all taxes, that was unconscionable. When Barack Milhouse Benito Obama circled back to give a pardon, if you will, to the leader of the FALN who refused to renounce his terrorism, that was unconscionable. This guy, Blago, and I am no special pleader for him, has served like 17, seven years on a 14-year sentence. That's a long time. My view is, give him the pardon. Truly. He was set up by Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick. One of Comey's buddies. The president will look at these things closely and make his own decision, obviously. I just don't trust these Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick and Comey and these guys. I really don't, based on just looking at what they've done. No idea what the president will do. None. None. But they defended Obama when he did something that was absolutely grotesque. Well, they always defend Obama. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day. Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. 
Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. We'll get back to Biden, don't worry. Hanging around like a bad rash. Armed bystander stops Loudoun County, Virginia robbery. Sterling, Virginia. Oops. Loudoun County police say an armed bystander stopped a robbery Saturday morning in Loudoun County, Virginia. The victim told police that 24-year-old Jeremiah Bradley assaulted him and his mother-in-law during an attempted robbery in Sterling, Virginia. A nearby bystander stopped the robbery by shooting three rounds at detaining Bradley until police arrived. Police say no one was hit by the fired bullets. Bradley's charged with attempted robbery and two counts of assault and battery. He's being held in Loudoun County Jail without bond. Well, you know, nobody will hear about that except those who listen to this show, of course. And that goes on throughout this country. Remember Marla Maples? Marla Maples was Donald Trump's uh, second wife, his ex-wife. And there was a piece in the uh, New York Post about a year ago that she was dating Donnie Douche. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Of MSLSD. And perhaps this is why Donnie Douche is so vicious in his attacks against the President of the United States. But I have a different question. Who the hell would date this puke, Donnie Douche? Seriously. He just looks like a complete punk. And by the way, after the bottom of the hour, we're going to have my buddy Ken Cuccinelli on. He's now the acting director of uh, Citizenship, Immigration, and something or other. Services. Citizen Immigration Services. CIS. They're doing something wonderful. You want to come into this country? You want to be an immigrant into this country? Well, then you shouldn't be on welfare. Now, I don't know why this is controversial. You're supposed to come into this country because you want liberty. You want the opportunity to make something yourself. Not to get on welfare. And of course the Democrats are furious about this. What the hell? What the hell? People can come into this country and they ought to get welfare and food stamps and Social Security and Medicaid and Medicaid. Sure, sure. That's our new voting base. We need to redistribute wealth. We need to subsidize. Milton Friedman warned us. We cannot have open borders in a welfare state. We now have a political party that wants open borders in a welfare state. It's the fifth column, the Democrat Party, them and their media buddies. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet 
which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Proud fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now at 877-381-3811. In a world that's lost its way, lost respect for logic, law, American history. Who is defending you in Washington, D.C.? Who speaks for conservatives? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. That's who. AMAC gives its members valuable everyday benefits and discounts unmatched. While boldly defending America's priceless constitution, sacred history, individual liberties, and basic moral compass. AMAC fights for border and national security, freedom of speech and religion, and values articulated by Reagan, like strong defense, limited government, lower taxes, and a sovereign federal government. Hard to believe we're here, but we are, and AMAC is dedicated to remembering past sacrifices and preserving America's core values for the future. They oppose the rise of socialism and the Medicare for All phony push. Now, if you're not an AMAC member, you ought to be. I am. The next election will decide our nation's future. We'll either be true to America's noble past and principles or drift deeper into the sea of moral relativism. Step up, folks. Let's sign up today. Go to amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S, amac.us. Ken Cuccinelli, Acting Director, Citizenship Immigration Service. How are you, my friend? I'm very well. I'm having a good day, Mark. How about you? I think you are. I'm doing very, very well. Now, tell us exactly what it is that you're doing. So today, uh, USCIS, the agency I lead in the Department of Homeland Security, issued what's called a public charge rule. This is uh, a rule that defines what it means to be a public charge, which is a, a burden on the government in the immigration context. And President Trump promised that this would be an area that he addressed. He put it in executive orders in early 2017, and we now finally, for the first time in a while, have real meat on the bones to find people who are seeking to come to America or to stay here permanently, get a green card, um, public charges. And if they are a public charge, which means they might go on welfare in the future, that they will not get a green card, or they will not be admitted to the United States. That's what this rule does, um, and uh, it is, uh, it's been a long time coming. It's got a long history in this country. It goes all the way back to the 1800s. People who were expected to be a public charge, again, somebody who would go on welfare, basically, were not admitted to this country. And uh, that is what we're screening Well, why for, the hell would we want to bring in millions and millions of people? There's 7 billion people out there into this country who almost immediately become public charges. Wouldn't that destroy? I mean, how in the world would we handle it as a nation? Well, and 
I mean, even when the concept of public charge started out in the late 1800s, then we didn't have the incredibly generous modern welfare state we have today, and yet they still thought it was a good idea. And we thought it was a good idea all the way up to today. The law we're enforcing was passed on a bipartisan basis, Mark, signed by Bill Clinton. It's not like this is new. And uh, and, and with the, the generosity, I use that term euphemistically, or the extreme nature of the welfare state these days, uh, this is the kind of thing that can break us going forward. And as far as legal immigrants go, the public charge rule stops them from going down that path. Well, somebody on TV all but said that this is about race, you know, because people who come in here tend to or be... they say about everything we do. Well, about everything. South of the border, from Africa, from, uh, from Asia, and so forth and so on. I mean, it can never be about good policy, you know. And, and here's the <laughs> thing I want to ask you, Ken Cuccinelli, which is this. We get to decide who comes to this country... We get to decide. The American citizen gets to decide. This is our country, whether we share it with other people. We've been extremely generous. We have more people coming into this country than any other country has immigrants coming into this country. Is it too much to ask that you not get Medicaid? Is that too much to ask? Well, some people think it is, but under this rule, if you do, it'll count in the consideration of whether you get to stay here permanently. And, you know, self-sufficiency is central to American history. It's part of our core being as individual Americans, is pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And if you're not an immigrant who can do that, then you won't pass this test. And that's what it's for. It's intended to do that. When was this policy reversed? Uh, well, it was never reversed, but uh, in 1996 it was, it was passed by broad bipartisan vote again, the modern version. But at the end of the Clinton administration, they put in place a fairly weak set of guidance that really didn't do much, Mark. And and so what we're doing today, we're changing no law, none. I know that's no surprise to you, Mm -hmm. but we are putting meat on the bones of the law put in place by Congress itself that has effectively been dormant for 20 years. So it it's uh, it's not going to be dormant after October 15th when this rule goes into effect. We're going to start applying it again. And, and, again, this is just consistent with the American tradition that President Trump promised to get back to. And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing here. And we're going to do it effectively. And we're going to do it starting October 15th. All right, Ken Cuccinelli, I appreciate it. And keep up the good work. This is very, very important. Even though you're going to come under attack, what's right is right. That's right. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. All right. God bless you, Ken. Take care of yourself. That's just common sense, isn't it, folks? Come into this country. You get a green card, so you come in legally. uh, And then you go on some form of welfare, Medicaid, and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And, you know, it is fair to look back on other immigrants. Those of you who are grandchildren of immigrants, let's see, what am I? Yeah, I'm a grandchild of immigrants and a grandchild of, a great-grandchild of immigrants in some cases, depending on which side of the family. Never came here looking for one damn piece of anything from the government, and there wasn't anything to give. And there wasn't anything to give. It's incredible to me. What's become of our immigration system? 
They've devoured our immigration laws. They've, in, they've devoured the purpose of it. Who are they, Mark? The left, of course. Who the hell do you think I'm talking about? They devour all of these systems, including the media. All right, let's go back to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is in Des Moines, Iowa on Saturday, and he's roaming around, which is very, very dangerous. They try to keep him on, you know, a teleprompter, which he also has difficulty reading, but nonetheless... As the idiot at the Washington Post said, stop criticizing Joe Biden. Go get Trump. Oh, oops, okay. Uh, Here we go. Hat tip, right scoop, cut two, go. When you show up, I watched what happened when the kids from Parkland marched up to, and I, 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 I met with them, and then they went off to up on the hill when I was vice president. They went off the hill to go into those neighborhoods. All those congressmen were like, no, Okay, I'm that's enough. No, you weren't vice president. This happened in 2018. Over a year after you left office. Do you remember what you were doing after you left office, Joe? You're giving speeches. You've become super wealthy again. So that didn't happen. That's not a gaffe. That's worse than a gaffe. That's a bald-faced lie or something's wrong. Now here's Biden on Thursday. He's at the uh, Asian and Latino Coalition PAC, whatever that is. Cut three, go. And the other thing we should do is we should challenge these students. We should challenge students in these schools to have advanced placement programs in these schools. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. All right, hold on there. See, he's got this race thing. You know, they're telling him, use the race stuff. Use the race stuff. Use the race stuff. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. What's he mean by that? He's basically saying black kids, Latino kids, they're just as bright as white kids. What's wrong with that? Well, all poor kids aren't black and all poor kids aren't Latino. There's some poor white kids, too. But why? It's such an absurd and outrageous statement, stereotypical statement. But that's Joe Biden. And don't get me going with the Dunkin' Donuts and all the rest of it, the 7-Eleven. And then here he is. This is all within three days of each other. At the same, in, in Des Moines, Iowa, same Thursday. And he says this, cut five, go. This is the United States of America. There's nothing we've ever decided to do we've been unable to do, period. That's not hyperbole. We have never, never, never failed when we're together. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get up. Everybody knows who Donald Trump is. Even his supporters know who he is. We've got to let them know who we are. We choose unity over division. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think this would be the best Democrat nominee. I really do. I think he'd be the best Democrat. He's only getting stronger. Have you noticed that, Mr. President? He's only getting sharper as he as he runs. But I agree with the guy at the Washington Compost. This, this isn't different, this Joe Biden. He's always been this dumb. Now, he didn't say that. I'm saying that. He's always been a moron. I told you that time I saw him on, a, on the train, an Amtrak train. I was going to New York with my wife 
and he apparently was going to Wilmington, or she was, and Dr. Jill was dropped off at Wilmington, and he kept going. And I walked up to him. I couldn't miss him. I mean, I had to go to the restroom, and I had to get out of the chair, make a left. He's there on the right. Our eyes meet, put out my hand, said, how are you, Mr. Vice President? He says, you're a smart ass. I said, Mr. Vice President, I just wanted to say to you, it's kind of strange you're not traveling with any kind of protection. I think that's a mistake. Then he looks at me and says, well, thank you. Thank you for coming up to me. And then I went and did my business and came back. That was our great meeting. (laughs) That's the truth. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Well, here is some new factual information. Hat tip to the Daily Wire. Ryan Savadera? I'm sorry, sir. Epstein reportedly hanged himself with a bedsheet Saturday morning that he tied to the top of a bunk bed. He was six feet tall, apparently killed himself by kneeling toward the floor and strangling himself with a makeshift noose, a law enforcement source has said. Robin Williams did something similar, but apparently tied it to a doorknob, as I understand it, and then uh, around his neck, and then leaned opposite of the door. And, um, you know, what happens, I assume, is the blood's cut off, they black out, and that's that. And over the course of time, short time, you pass, you pass out, and then you die. I don't want to get more specific, but uh, that's what we know so far. Now, I'll turn to Jake Tapper. You know, that Trump, uh, I tell you what, the racist, the tweets, a dangerous man, that Trump. Anyway, I just gave you some facts. Just gave you some facts. Hillsdale College. You know, if you have a young person who wants to go to college, this is the college. And I'm not kidding. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen to your kid. Your kid's going to be smarter, patriotic, and understand the great history of this country. Our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth and to hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them abandoned their missions long ago. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they don't even allow open discourse anymore. They peddle moral and cultural relativism and reject the idea of objective truth. 
but not Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide the sound learning that's essential to preserving civil and religious liberty. As Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to providing its students the very best liberal arts education in the country. Hillsdale also remains committed to offering you opportunities to learn about the many blessings of liberty so that you can do your part to preserve it. They offer you free online courses and their free monthly speech digest of conservative thought in Primus. Hillsdale extends their reach through their Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and the Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale. I want to thank my buddy Rich, who is a wonderful broadcaster, WPHT, for sitting in for me on Friday. And that is a magnificent station. I tend to have to go against the Phillies, nose to nose, and that's fine by me. Are they doing any good to either you know, Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener? Fourth place? How's the uh, Nationals player doing for them? Not so hot, right? I don't know why they paid for that guy. That's just me. I live in Virginia, so I watch the Nationals, but I'm a Phillies guy. And I'm saying, why did they buy that guy? It's, you know, he had two hot years, but he's... Anyway, that's just me. So I wanted to mention that, and also I want to mention that uh, I want to thank all the people who came out to Bark in the Park, our WABC event. And I hope many of those dogs were... Adopted, and I shook every hand that I possibly could, signed every book, every T-shirt, every hat that I possibly could. It was a beautiful day, and I want to thank all you patriots who came out, and your beautiful dogs, by the way. Absolutely wonderful. And I want to remind this vast audience on terrestrial radio, AM and FM, on satellite radio, Sirius XM, on the Mark Levin app, on the iHeartRadio app, Live streaming, podcasting, read the first chapter of Unfreedom of the Press. Millions of you. There it is. It's out there on Amazon.com. Unfreedom of the Press. The first chapter is right there. Please read it because it matters what's taking place in this country. What's taking place in this country. When you see a Jake Tapper, know what's going on in that guy's knucklehead. So you can speak out. We are an army of tens of millions, folks. You can, you'll be able to explain things to your family and to your neighbors and your coworkers like you never could before. Read the five-star comments. I'm not even pushing it. Just read the comments and read the chapter. They're all there for free. And that should really arm you with a lot of information. And, of course, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, on the gun control path now. We just need more gun control. That'll fix it. will fix nothing. Absolutely nothing. And when you try and talk rationally about this, you're shut down or you're blown off. Well, you must be a right winger. I mean, even Joe Biden tells us the Second Amendment says the Second Amendment's not absolute. I think we should remind that to the media. You know what? Your freedom of the press apparently is not absolute. You can't cherry pick. You can't cherry-pick the amendments to the Constitution. Well, the Second Amendment's not absolute. Well, then I guess neither is freedom of the press. Just saying. Somebody should do a book on the Joe Biden gaffes. 
be a very thick book, you know, like a coffee table book, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Can put pictures in there. Actually, you don't want to put pictures in there. You want to put, like, uh, uh, comics in there for the kids to use uh, their crayons and draw in there. The Joe Biden uh, book of gaffes. One page after another, after another, after another. And don't bring them up, says the guy at the Washington Post. You know, we got to get Trump. Please don't bring them up. But Biden brings them up. (laughs) Biden's the one who's talking. Biden's the one who's on tape. The Democrats have a problem, ladies and gentlemen. None of their candidates are sparking broad-based interest in the Democrat Party. None of them. It's because it's a freak show, that's why. A freak show of left-wing clowns. But none of them are really catching on in the Democrat Party. Think about what I'm telling you. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877 877-381-3811. You have to wonder why Epstein had these sheets in his in his cell that weren't the kind that are breakable, I guess, or break away, um, that he could use that to hang himself. There's just some weird stuff here. Not for conspiracy or anything, but if you're a serious detective or reporter, you really want to find out what the hell happened, right? Not if you work at CNN or MSNBC. You already know what happened. Donald Trump uh, tweeted. So... Reminder on podcasts, you can sign up for free, absolutely free. We want as many people to sign up as possible in case our show is preempted, say, with baseball or or football or, uh, you know, it's tape delayed and you want to hear it live, whatever it is. You can hear our podcast. Go to MarkLevinShow.com. That's my radio website page, our big uh, mothership, MarkLevinShow.com. Click on the audio rewind. It's the middle of the top of the homepage. It's the middle of the top of the homepage. And then you'll get the uh, podcast page. And then you can just pick which one you prefer. Google Podcasts as an example, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and so forth. So we want as many of you as possible to be part of that family. So, uh, you know, you can be your own program director if necessary. If necessary. It gives you options. Let's say you're in an area where I don't have an affiliate, or let's say you're overseas even, or let's say any of these things. By the way, we have a growing contingent of overseas listeners because of the podcast. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Our friends over at Breitbart, A.W.R. Hawkins. The most recent FBI crime stats show that more people were killed in 2017 with hammers and clubs than were killed with rifles of any kind. Now, of course, you won't hear this anywhere else. But Breitbart, and my repeating it, because it, it destroys the narrative. Breitbart News reported the most recent numbers, those for 2017 on September 26, 2018. Those figures show that 467 people were killed with blunt objects, hammers, clubs, etc., while 403 were killed with rifles. Now, the truth is, most people are killed with pistols. Pistols. 
not rifles, pistols. And actually, more people were killed with automobiles than with pistols. Hello, hello. We need automobile control. And it must be noted that the category of rifles used by the FBI includes bolt action, pump action, single shot, semi-automatic, as well as those the left describes as assault weapons. This means only a percentage of the 403 deaths attributable to rifles would have been carried out with a so-called assault weapon. So the gap between the number of persons beaten to death with hammers and clubs versus those killed with assault weapons, quote-unquote, will be even greater than the gap between those who died in a hammer club attack versus those who died being shot with rifles of any kind. Breitbart News also reported that the 2017 crime figure showed 1,591 uh, people were killed with knives or cutting instruments, while again 403 were killed with rifles. This means nearly four times as many people were stabbed to death as were killed with any kind of rifle. Yet Democrats are pushing an assault weapons ban, quote-unquote. And Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says legislation for such a ban will be front and center when the Senate convenes. Isn't that lovely? So again, the reaction has really nothing to do with the cause and will have no effect whatsoever. None. Cory Booker. This is from the Jewish Insider. Senator Cory Booker would not say on Saturday if he thought that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was a racist. This Cory Bickler is really a slimeball, absolute slimeball. May I say that? Yes, I may. If he's going to call everybody a racist. Instead, Booker, one of many 2020 Democratic candidates for president, campaigning at the Iowa State Fair in Des Moines, Iowa on Saturday, took umbrage at the question from the Jewish insider. Several Democratic presidential contenders, including former Texas Congressman Francis O'Rourke, excuse me, Robert Francis O'Rourke, Senator Bernie Sanders have recently labeled Netanyahu a racist. Can you imagine this? However, speaking to the Jerusalem Post last week, House Majority Leader Stempy Hoyer said, I don't think he's a racist, period. No. You know what I think very strongly, sir, is that we have a crisis with Israel right now, Booker said in response to the question. Israel's left sight under President Trump than it was before. We literally have a president right now that has allowed Iran to have a superhighway through Syria that literally announces by tweet that he's pulling our troops out of which, which puts Israel more at risk. We have a president who's breaking the tradition of Democratic and Republican presidents in the past by turning his back on the commitment to a two-state solution. We have a president that's not doing what he should be doing to protect that region. He's pulling away from a nuclear deal now as he's making Iran go perilously towards it. What an idiot. This guy voted for the Iran deal and then opposed what Trump did in pulling out of the Iran deal. Now he says, you know, we're unilaterally leaving Syria, which turns out we're not. But under his scenario, why would it matter? Two-state solution? Two-state solution with whom? With whom? Cory Booker is not fit to be a senator, let alone president of the United States. He really isn't. He's an absolute doomkaf. 
The European Union, ladies and gentlemen, is that still around? I'm afraid so. The European Union is poised to mandate from our friend Adam Crato over there at, uh, at the uh, Free Beacon, is poised to mandate that Israeli products made in contested territories, that would be Judea and Samaria, which aren't contested in my mind, carry consumer warning labels, a decision that could trigger American anti-boycott laws and open up what legal experts describe as a Pandora's box of litigation, according to multiple sources involved in the legal dispute. The Advocate General of the European Court of Justice recently issued non-binding opinion arguing that the EU law requires Israeli-made products to be labeled as coming from settlements and Israeli colonies. You know, this is so outrageous. The Jews have been in Judea and Samaria longer than most Europeans have been where they are. Period. Does anybody question France's claim on its territory? Of course not. And I can go through every one of these damn countries. None of them are as old as the Jewish Palestine. None of them. The decision was seen as a major win for supporters of the anti... You know, of all the countries, they just can't leave the Israelis alone. They can't and they won't. They can't and they won't. There should be a warning label when anything is sold, if there is such a thing, from the Palestinian Authority in the areas that they control. What do you think of that? Nah, I can't do that, Mark. But anti-Semitism in the European Union runs very, very deep. Just remember, wasn't that long ago, 75, 80 years ago. It really wasn't. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, a very, very serious issue. I discussed this with uh, Yaku Boyens last night, a wonderful guest on Life, Liberty, and Levin. This issue of sex trafficking and sex slaves involving, you know, adults too, but mostly little kids and young teenagers, is very serious. It's grave and it's spreading in our own country. And I want you to hear some of this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, folks, there is uh, this issue, as many issues, but this issue is heart-wrenching in particular, the enslavement of young children, as young as two, but the average age, 12, of little girls mostly, about 85-90% little girls, but more and more prepubescent boys, who are brought into this sex slave industry, and that's what it's become. And I interviewed uh, Yaku Boyens, who unfortunately is an expert on this because his sister, back in the mid-90s, uh, was kidnapped, brought into the slave, sex slave trade for six years. And um, what is so frustrating to me is how little news coverage this receives. They're so busy, day in and day out, 
with their myopic attacks on the president and their conspiracy theories. They're missing so much news and information out there that really needs to be presented to the American people in a thoughtful and rational way, but they won't do it. They won't do it. But I did it, and I'm not even a news person on Sunday night on Life, Liberty, and Levin. So I want you to hear a little bit of this. Cut 14, go. CNN and MSNBC, my question to you is, are they so busy, focused on other issues, ideological issues that drive their agenda, mostly Trump 24-7 and his supporters 24-7, that they take up so much airtime on their ideological agenda that when it comes to matters of such significance Mm -hmm. uh, to so many families in this country, they're just too busy to pay attention. You want to believe they're too busy to pay attention? And yes, they are, because they're busy with, with silly stuff, accusing the president, who, who by the way, is, is the president in the United States history, legitimately, that's done more to protect children who are potentially and currently in a sex trafficking environment. So yes, maybe they're just too busy. Oh, but no, I still always say, yeah. This president, Donald Trump, yes. has done more to try to address this than previous presidents? Than Barack Obama? No question. How so? Not just done more to try to address it, but actionable work that where there's rescues, where he has empowered ICE. Oh, CNN loves to throw ICE under the bus. These are incredible men and women that help us. HSI, special response team, incredible people who actually go and keep America's children safe. This president has empowered them to do so. He's actually made this a, a desk topic in the Oval Office. Our children cannot be sold for sex. We cannot perpetuate slavery in the world, never mind in this country, because it's alive and well. See, the Democrats want to talk about slavery 150 or so years ago. This issue has never come up. This issue has never come up in a Democrat debate. It hasn't come up in a Republican debate. But this is modern-day slavery. Modern-day slavery. And CNN and MSNBC are doing precious little to cover it. Let's continue. Cut 15, go. We left off with this notion of life. People fight for life and people fight for something else. And are we unmoored from an increasingly unmoored entertainment from uh, virtue and morality and the things that undergird the founding of this country? Yes. Because if you really, if you think about it, if the, if the bigger picture is to move America, the lighthouse to the world, how do you move America? You've got to break it morally. You're not going to move it if you don't break it morally. If you can get Americans to come into agreement that life does not have value, which we are, we are sliding abortion, infanticide, Start, start selecting who's the fittest to survive and who's not. Post-delivery, life termination, where I want to go. Pedophilia, love is love, right? Breaking down the Constitution, attacking amendments. You've got to break a culture morally, and you have to have buy-in from the people. And, and this is happening, Mark. We are desensitizing people, and unfortunately, the one thing we're all 
similar in is sex is a part of culture. And when you can get to a place where you can convince a public that sex with a child is okay, well, then making, it, making an argument for some bill that's on, a, on the president's desk to shoot it up or down is easy because you've gone so far. You've pushed the needle so far with morality that now all these other issues just slide in the back door. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent point about destroying a nation's morality. Destroying a nation's morality. I also think that's what gets you mass shooters. Not in every instance. But we're we're unmoored, if you will, from our founding principles, which were based on morality. And uh, you can see how compelling this this gentleman is. Let's do one one final clip. Cut 16, go. Well, I wanted to ask you, is this part of the mentality that led to the, uh, well, the, the, the initial deal with Epstein. The guy barely serves any time. Uh, of course. And, uh, and, now, this and particular now, show was, ta- was taped on uh, late Thursday. I needed to go to, out of town for a bark in the park and so forth. So uh, just keep that in mind as you listen. Go ahead. Of course, it's coming back to, to haunt him. But you say it's actually not even coming back to haunt him. Because if you really think, people, the non-government organizations that really fight this, this fight, right? And in the organizations like Turning Point that's giving me a voice on campus, right? But NGOs that, that try to make government-related yeah, organizations. They're trying to make ends meet that fight this fight. They'll tell you, if you really look at the Epstein case, he's being focused on as a man who had sex with children, right? Force, coercion, whatever. He's actually a trafficker. He facilitated children for his friends. So he is actually a trafficker. So what he should be tried at is as a trafficker, not just a once in a while someone who wanted to fulfill a need of himself. No, he actually facilitated travel, airplanes, locations, and children. So he's a trafficker. He's not being tried as a trafficker because that's a different sentence. The day we're able to defend our children in this country like we defend tax law, Copyright law that's defended to death, right? Why are we not defending our children that way? Exactly. Now, there's something he mentioned earlier that you heard. Where he praises ICE and he praises the president of the United States. Have you heard that anywhere? As really being the only president in modern times that he's aware of who's really taking this issue seriously. And... um, He's talking about separating children from adults when they come across the border. That it's absolutely crucial because we don't know if that's their parents. We don't know if that's their parents. And in 30% of the cases, 30% of the cases, it's not their parents. What would the Democrat Party do about that? They say you can't separate the children from their parents. They assume they're all parents. He's telling you they're not. Little kids coming across, little girls coming across the border were rape kits because a significant percentage of them are raped. This is the chaos and the anarchy that's going on on the border. If you don't secure it, you don't have some organized system. And the Democrats are fighting this every step of the way. I'll be back.
blasting conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. The uh, evidence indicates that when it comes to matters of politics and culture, among other things, journalism has become an overwhelmingly progressive enterprise. And the disingenuousness with which it is mostly denied, defended, or even celebrated often leads to a pack mentality, groupthink, repetition, and propaganda presented as news. But it must be said that the attitude of an increasing number of influential media voices is less concerned with the veneer of objectivity and more open about the progressive ideological outlook that motivates their reporting. And this is a project that has been underway for about a century. The questions raised at the opening of this chapter, what is news, what is journalism, and so forth, are more or less answered by the values and mindset of the media's collective progressive ethos and attachment to social activism. Moreover, as foot soldiers for the progressive movement, newsrooms and journalists have also traveled far from the substantive principles and beliefs that animated the early printers, pamphleteers, and newspaper publishers who gave birth to press freedom and American independence. That's the end of the first chapter, as I've asked that you consider reading. It's there at Amazon.com. You know, when you read this, when you understand this, the history of the press as I present it, you really do understand how the media have fallen. You see, the early press, the pre-revolution press, the colonial press, and then moving into the revolution, immediately post-revolution, they were unequivocal in their support of liberty, representative government, limited government, limited taxation, the principles set forth in the Declaration. They didn't make any bones about it. They weren't even trying to pursue objective truth. They were what we would call today conservatives. Now, everyone wasn't, but the vast majority were. The vast majority were. People say, how do you define conservatism? Well, I've written book after book about this, haven't I? But the best way to define it is the point of the Declaration of Independence. Now, when you have people running for office who trash the founding of this country, they're trashing also freedom of speech and freedom of the press. They do not believe that you and I should have the freedom to speak. Look at our universities and colleges as an example. Look at these conservatives, as few as they are, on these various liberal networks how they're treated, how they're abused. Look how they treat conservative politicians. Look how they treat our issues. Our issues are the issues that are in the Bill of Rights, Second Amendment. They dismiss it. They dismiss it. We live in the world of the progressive right now, which is why we have to keep pushing back. And it's important to understand it. It's important to understand the crucial aspects of it. And I've now spent 
a long time pointing out that the media in this country is part of the progressive project. It's not part of the constitutional project. It's not part of a liberty project. It's not part of a free speech project. It is mostly, mostly a propaganda machine that not only speaks for the radical progressive left, but is the radical progressive left. It's hard to come to terms with this, but you'll understand it more thoroughly and fully once you've read it. And look how they pretend the book doesn't even exist. Jake Tapper. So they've read it. They know what's in it. But it interferes with their narrative. That's why I go over their heads, folks. I always do, whether it's my radio show or Levin TV or Life, Liberty, and Levin or my books. I go over them, around them, and under them. And I go directly to you. If you care to listen or care to read these things. And apparently many of you do. You know, it's no longer shocking at this point, but guess what? <coughs> Excuse me. But guess what? Bureaucrats at the Department of Health and Human Services are trying to borrow another one of crackpot socialist Bernie Sanders' health care idea. And I can't see a thing wrong with that, can you, can you, other than it'll make you sick, like me with my asthma. Following Sanders' lead, HHS has proposed a program to allow states to import more prescription drugs from Canada and God knows where else. Now let's start with the fact, none of these states, let alone Canada or other countries, have any systems in place to determine if the drugs coming into the U.S. are what the labels say they are, where they're from. China, India, etc., or who made them. As such, there is zero ability to know if what you're taking is remotely safe. Canadian officials have been very clear about their safety concerns, saying that counterfeit drugs are already a major global problem that have led to many, many deaths in their country. There are a lot of things really, really wrong with our healthcare system, but fortunately, drug safety is not one of them. Drug importation is dangerous, and it's just shocking that leaders at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services would even consider such a harebrained idea. But let's get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com, TrueHealthCareFacts.com, that's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. I have to be honest with you, folks, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous about the agenda now. It's looking more and more liberal, not radical left, but liberal. Price controls on drugs. People are cheering this, which will have horrible side effects, horrible consequences, unintended consequences. Price controls on drugs, more gun control, even in some ways gun confiscation. And it it appears that our leaders are so-called are willingly moving us in this direction, that the Republicans don't even put up a serious fight. And then you look at spending. You look at spending. The gap in spending and debt widens 27% of the first 10 months of the fiscal year. This is from uh, the Daily Mail. The U.S. budget gap widened further in July as federal spending outpaced revenue collection, bringing the deficit to $867 billion so far this year. 
27% increase from the same period a year ago. Ladies and gentlemen, we're only seven months into the year. So it's going to be well over a trillion dollars, probably $1.2 trillion. These are Barack Obama numbers. And Mitch McConnell famously said, as you know, I don't want to. Never lost a vote by spending money. Genius. Yeah, and you never made a kid cry when you gave him candy either. So I'm quite concerned now that the Republican Party stands for very little other than opposing the Democrats, who are so radical and nut jobs, it's just unbelievable. But that's not good enough. They caved on Obamacare. They caved on Obamacare. They're going to cave on guns in some some significant ways. They're going to cave on drug prices. Oh, you'll be able to afford it. The problem is you can't get it. And the Senate and House Republicans, when they control both, did not a damn thing to secure the border. And now they're caving on the finances, too. You should be very troubled by this. Mark, this is a new type of conservatism. No, it's not conservatism at all. Well, it's populist conservatism. There is no such thing as populist conservatism. Well, it's populist nationalism. I don't know what the hell that means. It's not constitutionalism. What is populism? Well, the majority of the people want it. Well, that's not a republic. That's a democracy. And not for long, by the way. Majority of the people want your income. They want your wealth. Majority of the people want the borders open. The majority, who cares? It's not what the Constitution says. Not what the Constitution says at all. Let's go to Robert, Lexington, South Carolina, the great WVOC. You're the first caller. How are you, sir? Just fine, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I wanted to uh, relate uh, something that happened at my library. Yes, sir. Uh, on suggestion from one of your other shows, uh, somebody said to get uh, your library to call up the book. And mm-hmm. so I went to the catalog, and there's 10, they've got 10 copies of your... So you went to your library, and there's 10 copies of the book. 10 copies, yep. Yeah. And and I did a search with for your name to look at all the books that, you know, that were available that you authored. And <clears throat> anyway, all of them were out. As a matter of fact, they had the audio one, and it was out, and it had a hold on it, and there were holds on the ten copies. Wow! So the, there, there's other people that are maybe not buying it, but they're getting it at, at my library. And wonderful. I, I mean, the, I have to be honest; it's a very, very hot book. This I understand. And uh, and and we're having to constantly replenish the supply at. Uh, Barnes and Noble and Amazon and the other stores, Walmart and so forth. So, I mean, it is a very, very hot, hot book right now. I'm going to put a hold on on that one, and, and um, first I'm going to think. I'll, I'll do better than that. I'll send you a signed copy. Don't hang up, okay? Uh, and I'm, I'll bet you'll be able to get a hold of it faster if I send it to you. So, Robert, don't hang up. We appreciate it very much. I understand it's a very, very hot book, but we got to keep pushing the message out there, folks. You see what we're up against. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
You know, people are always asking me, Mark, is the X chair really as comfortable as you say it is? Actually, my answer is always yes. In fact, I probably don't do an adequate job describing just how great this chair feels. I sit in it hours and hours a day. But I want you to get one. You can feel it for yourself, and I'm going to make it very easy for you. X-Chair's 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction so you can order the chair, get the chair at no risk. Try it yourself for 30 days. Complete satisfaction, no questions asked. It is the best guarantee out there. So if you're wondering if I say is true, you can try it yourself because it is true. And once you feel the X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar support or DVL, you'll understand exactly why I love my X-Chair. Take advantage of X-Chair's new financing option and increase your productivity with the right model for you, X-Basic or X-1 through X-4. X-Chair can fit your body and your budget. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairlevin.com, that's xchairlevin.com now, or call 1-844-4X-Chair, 1-844-4X-Chair. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. So go to xchairlevin.com and use code XWheels, and you'll receive a free set of the new X-Wheels with your chair. That's xchairlevin.com. I love these uh, these slip-and-fall lawyers. We're suing Big Pharma now to get to the bottom of the looming opioid crisis. Well, let me ask you folks a question. What percentage will this lawyer be taking if they win something? I suspect, I don't know, could be 35%, 40 45%. Those of you who've driven down, I think it's A1A, along the Atlantic Ocean, towards Palm Beach, then West Palm Beach, that way, there's the ocean on the right, and then there's homes on the left, these big homes, and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. Have you guys ever done that? Maybe not. A lot of them are homes that are owned by slip-and-fall lawyers who are involved in the tobacco cases, other cases. They're there for the little guy, don't you know? Yeah, every citizen, where they're representing them in these class action suits. Look at the guy who owns the Baltimore Orioles. Look at the chunk of money he got out of the uh, smoking litigation. Where the hell did all that money go? So don't be so quick to think, you know, that guy's a fighter for the little guy. They're trying to hit it big, the lottery. Trust me on this. I've seen it happen time and time again. Let's continue, ladies and gentlemen, if I may. Let's see here. Uh, Let us go to Barry, Columbia, South Carolina, also the great WVOC. Go. Mark, thanks for taking my call, and God bless you and keep you. Thank you. Um, I I called because I'm so frustrated over the control of the language that the left has taken. Uh, You know, recently everybody's a racist. Okay. In my mind, there's a race that is the human race. But the rest of it is ethnicity. And I don't understand how they get away with this nonsense. You're right. Well, they get away with it because they have devoured most of these newsrooms and they've devoured the classrooms. They run the NEA. They run most of these news platforms. 
so-called newsrooms. And we have to fight back, you know. Our children, when they graduate from school, some of them need to become teachers. Some of them need to become reporters. It's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult. There's no question about it. But look, uh, and these kids, they hear what these news people say about white privilege and uh, racism, and it goes on and on and on. And some kids then feel uh, emboldened. Some kids then feel rotten about it. I mean, these clowns like Jake Tapper and Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, and the list goes on and on, do they know what they're doing to our youth? Do they know what they're doing to the next generation of, uh, of citizens, you know, adult citizens in this country? And this stuff's repeated in the classroom. It's, it just it gets into the culture. It's a poison. It is. It is. And, it, you know, whenever anybody says to me where these school shooters come from, I say they come from the schools. When these mass shooters, they come from the schools. I mean, I can't imagine if I was a little kid, you know, dropped off at kindergarten, first grade, and have to go in and watch this movie by Al Gore. That, that Al Gore made. And, you know, uh, lying to me about the polar bears, lying to me about everything when it comes to climate change, global warming, yada, yada, yada. I, I just, uh, you know. <laughs> I feel your pain, I, I, my brother. I do. Let's quickly try Andre. I really do. Los Angeles, California, 870, the answer, the great KRLA. Go. Hello, thank you for taking my call. That that is awesome. I just uh, I am a full time teacher here in LA County. I actually teach in a uh, at risk uh, school, and uh, we had a week training before we started classes, and it was all about this book that is about institutional racism. We've been brainwashed through this training that um, we are all racist, and if you don't realize that you're racist, you're actually the worst one. And um, we are reading this book that gets in um, into how... Listen, do me a favor, uh, Mr. Callscreener, get Andre's number. I definitely want to talk to him tomorrow, okay? Don't forget, please. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, it's over. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Please go to Amazon.com and read Chapter 1 right there. Read it. It's free right there. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 